After a lengthy season suspension, a trip to Disney, an inter-Canadian series, a move to Hartford, a trophy controversy, and plenty of other twists and turns, the most bizarre regular season in Toronto FC history has come to an end. My name is Mitchell Tierney. Today on Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks, we'll look back at the regular season that was, look ahead to the 2020 MLS Cup playoffs as well. Our guest this week from Come On You Reds podcast and a producer with MLSC is Jerome Chang. We're very excited to talk to him about so all things... Toronto FC content creation and plenty more. And as always, uh, we look forward to hearing your thoughts as well throughout the show. So join in the discussion in the comments section, wherever you are watching today. Jeff, Michael, we did it. We got through the the regular season portion, at least. Um, Again, so many twists and turns looking back at at where the season has gone. It's wild, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, wild, wild, wild styles. Absolutely. Who's gonna Who's gonna read off uh, all those Martin Bailey stats that we got on our, uh, our Slack channel <laughs> yesterday? A lot to get to. A lot mm-hmm. to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get to the the stats. Starting in, in at some point here. <laughs> oh, well, we all know my reading ability, so it might come down to uh, might come down to Jeff here. But let's kick things off here by talking about the biggest story in Toronto FC circles this week. And I guess it's less of a story and more just reflecting on the 2020 season as a whole. Toronto FC end up in second in the Eastern Conference and in the league. Um, I guess we'll start with you, Jeff. Just just your general thoughts on a campaign that uh, you know, as we said, had had quite the the you know twists and turns throughout it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a there's a certain level of uh, of relief that it's over. Um, you know, the 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 last game that we were treated to was was all kinds of exciting, and and uh, you know, despite the score watching and, and realizing that it was over relatively early, it was it was still a still a great game. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to read Ivan's uh, comment here, uh, talking about how how Piatti's such a massive difference, and I would be inclined to agree with him. We've missed him over the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, just on a whole, from a macro level, obviously this has to be a success. You finish second in the league, you're the supporter shield hunt until the very end. Um, it's just, you know, I don't like the way the TFC ended. I don't think anybody does. Obviously injuries played, played a concern, but Mm -hmm. I also think this team sort of lost their identity Mm -hmm. in, I think Michael Bradley even said that a little bit in his post-game presser after after their last match. They need to re- kind of refine what works for them. Um, so going into that first postseason game, I think that's going to be something to watch. Which which TFC are we going to see, and do they know how to win a game, and do they know what they're trying to do to accomplish t- to win a game? Um, it seems like right now that purpose is kind of. Um, I don't want to say it's it's gone because I still think it's there, but I just think they're they're struggling to find it a little. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. injuries obviously do play a major, major, major factor in that. But at the end of the day, like if this team doesn't have all their players come November twenty fourth, their first playoff game, is that an excuse that fans, you know, the club itself, is that going to be an excuse that they're okay with? You know, we had we had injuries, so you know we might not put in our best performance. I I, I don't think so. I don't think that's acceptable right now. Um, mm-hmm. But again, as I will say, on a macro level with everything that Toronto have had gone through, 
um, this season overall, just regular season, that's a success. They're second place. Yeah, it's impossible not to label it as an as a success. Impossible, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, we we it's sort of our jobs to to look a little bit deeper, and I, I I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I it's just it's it's weird uh, how quickly that kind of vibe is has dissipated, and and you know the questions need to be asked: Is it is it playing in Hartford catching up with the team? Is it you know? Uh, the, all the outside stresses. There was a rather momentous uh, political event that went on over the last week. Was it was it kind of distraction there? Um, you know, and conversely, was was Philly uh, winning the Shield due to uh, the fact that Philadelphia rules as a city and and uh, Pennsylvania's kind of kind of got kind of got a little bit karmically in terms of karmic points to cash in. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Seriously, but, shut uh, up, Philly. Shut yeah. Up Philly. yeah. But but you know it is it is what it is it is what it is. Um, the last four games have been interesting. I mean, is a is a good word for that. And uh, now we get to see the team come out in the playoffs and, and hopefully prove any naysayers wrong that have kind of taken a bit of the sheen off TFC's uh, performance over the last little while. This, this October has been so crazy because there's uh-huh. been so many games that Toronto FC have played. Um, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I mean, I think it's around seven or eight. So we have to think back all the way to like the beginning of October when they were beating the Philadelphia Union 2-1. Um, they beat the Columbus crew right before that, the end of September. And this team looked like the team to beat. And honestly, they looked like the team to beat, and they were in control up until two weeks ago. And they looked like a team that wasn't making any excuses, whether it was you know anything going on, any extracurricular factors, or you know anything that came this, this team's way. They they managed to overcome and it was up until that that obviously that loss against Philadelphia that drubbing against Philadelphia where they sort of lost their stride and they haven't really been able to fully find it back yet there have been moments mm-hmm. of it there have been moments where we've seen you know a lot of positivity from this team but they're not the same team that was running every other squad out of this park and out of the you know it just can they find that that's the question that's that's the mm-hmm. ultimate question Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, something else that in kind of in that vein that's kind of concerned me of late is the way they've started games. I mean, we at the at the start of the season and in, in the Disney tournament, we were all talking about ending the games and not uh, and, and not being able to finish out results. But you know, probably much more concerning is the way Toronto FC seems to get behind early on in games. And I guess we'll get to those Martin stats now because. Um, when Toronto FC scored first this season, their 10 wins, three draws, zero losses. Um, but in all those games they've lost so far this season, they've had the lead for zero seconds. So that first goal does matter. And the past few games, Toronto FC has not put themselves in a good position to get that first goal just right out of the gate. Um, I I, I kind of joked on Twitter that Greg, whatever Greg Vanny's saying to them at halftime, you should start saying to them, at the start of the game, but do you think it's, you know, the, the substitutes, the way Toronto FC is switching things up? Why, why is it that they come out so flat and then, you know, most games they seem to be able to find their footing come the second half, but, you know, in a, an elimination playoff game, that's not good enough. Is it a game plan thing? Is it a wait and see approach? Like, let's see what they come out with and then we're going to ad- adjust to taste and sometimes teams come out so on the front foot that TFC just gets railroaded before they can actually get into the game. I, I just think they're they're trying to do a lot of things at once. 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's they're fair. trying to obviously incorporate players back into the side. They're obviously trying to to get certain players going, like Subasa Endo. Uh, they're trying to again like, reincorporate Jonathan Azario and Josie Altador back into the this mix, um, while giving some youngsters some playing time, some looks. Obviously, Ralph Preso. Like, there's just a lot going on right now. Um, and again, it, it goes falls back on my original point is that this team has sort of lost their their identity, and they they really need to refine that because before. Two weeks ago, up until two weeks ago, we knew what this team was. Mm-hmm. We knew that this team was going to be difficult to play against, and we knew that they were not going to give anyone any yard of space. Now I, I can't really say the same thing because uh, you, you throw the press at TFC, and all of a sudden it looks like they can't keep the ball. It looks like they can't mm-hmm. find the passes in between the lines. It just it, it, they look so simple when they they they're, mm-hmm. they. They are way more intricate than that, and it's just right now. It's just they're not on the right the right page. Is it down to Piatti? Is it down to how much chemistry he has in that midfield, and so, how much more comfortable Pause is playing with him? That's a good um, question. Here's here's mm-hmm. this: out of the players who are missing right now, let's say Richie. Let's I'll throw Richie Larea into that mix. Mm-hmm. Marky Delgado, um, obviously Pablo Piatti, uh, Justin Morrow. Who is the player that, if you could have one player back for the postseason, who would it be out of those four? I think it's Piatti. I know over Lorea, that's that that seems like a lot considering what Richie's done this season. But the way that Greg Vanny wants to play with wide players and the way he seems to always line up regardless of who he has available to him, um, I don't think you can play with wingers without Piatti because I don't think there's two wide players on Toronto FC who have proven consistently to be good enough this season. And we, we know Jaden Nelson's going to get there. He's shown flashes of of that ability this season. But without Piatti, I just don't think you can properly play with, with two wingers and get the best out of the side. So if you don't have Pablo Piatti, then I, th- I think you're in trouble for the playoffs or you have to try something a little bit different. We've seen them play kind of more of a 4-4-2 that I think's worked a little bit better, but... Um, yeah, I would say Piatti personally. Yeah, we've got a few Jeff? shouts for the Rea, but uh, mostly Piatti, mostly agreements. Yeah. You'd say Piatti as well, just for the reasons that uh, Bench listed there. <sighs> I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough shout because you know when the is on, uh, they were game planning for him, right? And and a super sub, especially in a one and done game, can't be undervalued. But you know, for overall team shape, it's got to be Pablo. And that's amazing considering how much of the question mark was on him, you know, was over him when when the season started. I, I think the team looks a lot different with Piotti in there. And, you know, it's got to be, it's got to bring him over the line just how much more comfortable pause is when Piotti's mm-hmm. on the field. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I'll simplify yeah, it, that a little bit. Yeah. It's just Toronto FC's depth that wing is way less than it is at fullback. Um, and you know Richard Larry, yes, he does create on the wing, but Pablo Piatti's job is to be that that creating winger, um, and does a lot of the attacking work. So yeah, Richard Larry does get highlighted because he does get forward when he when he does, and he does do really well at it. He's really good at it. Mm-hmm. But um, Pablo Piatti, that's his day job is creating from that that right hand side. So I agree with you guys. I think Pablo Piatti is the biggest kind of missing piece right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is with all due respect to Marky Delgado, Justin Moore, and Richard Loria, who are all important pieces to this team. And that can't be understated as, as we head into this postseason here. 
yeah absolutely. yeah hopefully hopefully come november 24th we aren't having this conversation and all those guys are available but we'll we'll get a little peek of that a little bit later in the the michael sing injury update but uh, we do have our guest uh waiting in the wings here so we'll get uh jerome on here momentarily um when whenever he's ready to be brought excited on. for this one no me excited too. for this yeah. one absolutely there um, he is joined by jerome chang from the come on you reds podcast and of course, a yacht rock aficionado, Jerome. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I was waiting for that. <laughs> I'm glad we're. I'm glad we're consistent. I'm not anything, but um, Jerome. First and foremost, I mean, what a wild regular season. You know that it seems like literal years ago that there was that home opener at, uh, against New York City FC. That was, you know, just a different world back then. And then you've got Disney. You've got the the Canadian series, and then. Um, you know, all, all the different twists and turns. Um, but looking back at the season as a whole, um, what was kind of the highlight for you? Ooh, um, there's so many just because it happened in so many different stages. Uh, mm-hmm. Home opener was great. Uh, it was almost, I mean, like when home, 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 sorry, when home opener was happening, we already started seeing signs of like COVID like coming up. A lot of us at that point weren't net like weren't taking it seriously enough and then just the week after they have the whole nba shutdown and everything goes down but i remember we went to home opener and as a content team we were like oh we're gonna celebrate we're gonna go out we want to do something so we did like a full karaoke that night i i it was almost like we knew we were we somehow knew something was going to happen and we were sending ourselves off so like that was a fantastic moment that i think we all still talk about to this day um what was your jam uh, the jam and night for the team, um, and this is to shout out Shane Wright, a uh, fellow admin with the uh, Toronto FC account. It has Great to be a uh, train. Um, Drops of Jupiter. Jupiter. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Oh, wow. Can we hear a bar, Jerome? Yeah, wow. Well, I... <laughs> um, you're, you're gonna have to put me back in BMO Field. You're gonna have to get a car to get the win. You're gonna have to get a bunch of drinks. Yeah, a couple, a couple that. beers and in, in a couple of beers. Yeah, and yeah. then the last minute yeah. decision to go to karaoke and then yeah, definitely get the. So bonus. no, no, no was the easier. So, so no for now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, All right, Jerome, yeah, talk no. to me. Talk to me a little bit. Sorry, go. No, keep going. Okay, keep no, no, hit me. Go ahead. <laughs> I want I want to find out a little bit about what it is that you do behind the scenes. Give give those fans a little insight into sure. what it is exactly that you do. So I am a creative producer with MLSC. Uh, I do depending on the project, I'm either doing a little bit of shooting, editing, or producing, or a mix of them. Uh, for my end, I work on the Come On You Reds podcast that you mentioned, uh, Red Alert, a couple of our digital pieces. Um, but it's really a whole team thing. Uh, when it comes to All for One, that's uh, Greg Veerman as our lead producer, uh, Thomas Larez as our main editor, and Kylie Templeton as uh, the DP. If you're ever there uh, at BMO Field, you'll definitely see Kylie right by on the side there shooting on her uh, Sony FS7. Good but- camera. <laughs> Good camera, good camera captures some nice stuff. Um, but yeah, so for me, uh, I, I, yeah, I work with the team, uh, digital team, Eric and uh, Shane, and we just come up with stuff. Like we have a regularly scheduled programming, and then every now and then, uh, I think we've just kind of built this unit, uh, this tight unit where you know if something comes up, a cool idea comes around, we just kind of go for it. And you've seen it. I, I know this group has definitely seen it through Twitter and Instagram <laughs> in general. So, so you're very familiar. Yeah. 
And, and and how did you end up in in maybe the best job in the universe? Just to tell our <laughs> listener. That's a great question. Um, so I I started actually. So doing video production is my second career. Uh, very quickly. So I yeah I I studied computer science and worked in IT for like years before I was like I think I could do something creative. So <laughs> um, I, I'm thinking of getting into IT. So there you go. There you go. So we'll talk after. Yeah, yeah. Positions are like uh, just a trade off. But um, yeah, so I went to Humber for a multimedia program that led to an internship at MLSC. Uh, the internship was video production, and that was the winter of 2017. And uh, as anyone knows, whether I say it or come on your ads or say it online, like soccer is still pretty new to me. Basketball was my original sport, but coming out of my internship, they're like, we want to keep you on. We want you to work on the show called Red Alert for Toronto FC. Do you want to work with Toronto FC? I was like, sure. Uh, I'm going to have to learn this team, uh, learn um, everything that's going on with it. And of all the seasons to jump onto the team, mm -hmm. 2017. <laughs> so <Wow>. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. 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 And you, so you just kind of like walk into it. You're learning the team. Uh, I, I've definitely learned a lot more about them ever since in the longer history, but coming in for about a year, I was just like, so this team just wins all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like we just, we just roll through things and every week we just celebrate a new accomplishment, a new record, uh, just take every trophy that's available to us. Um, but then, you know, it, and then 2018 we, hit. Yeah. 2018 yeah. hits. <laughs> Um, I think it catches up with us a bit. And then, but then we have this 2019 run. So, you know, uh, my favorite thing, uh, one of my favorite things I've ever come across was uh, Jonathan Osorio um, post game finding our cameras and just like going like three and four, three and four, what's new? And um, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you know, obviously TFC has had uh, a long journey to get to this kind of level. But for the last couple of years, I don't know many Toronto sports teams that can claim this level of like sustained um, greatness. So shout out to them. So Jerome, what's what's your sell? If people who don't watch soccer here in in you know Toronto, obviously you have a great connection with the basketball community. What's right. your sell to those who don't? aren't quite into the soccer scene yet because you were you were there once so no no that's that's uh that's a great thing and i honestly think about that all the time um i think the first thing obviously is right now it's like if you want to if you like sports and you want to follow a team that is consistently in the hunt like that you just know that the bar like the lower bar for them is just like being in the playoffs but we're always in the conversation like that's a team to follow. Um, if you want a rabid fan base, like that's a team that you want to watch live. If you want uh, a team that within their league can boast an MVP candidate, like with all due respect, and obviously I love all Toronto sports teams, like only one of them has like a front runner Thank and you. has had one in the last couple of years, you know? Yeah. And so there's just so much that goes into it. And I think, um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a cult <laughs> once you're in, like, it's, it's so hard to describe it from the outside, but once you're in, it's just, you know, whether it's directly with the guys, uh, on the team or what's with, within the fan base, um, obviously like, th like we're like Michael and I are uh, very heavily into Twitter. I mean, all of us here are heavily into Twitter, but, uh, NBA Twitter? Twitter is like a big thing. Raptors Twitter is a big thing, but like I feel like TFC Twitter's got a lot of potential. Like I think MLS Twitter, like we're on the come up. So um, it's 
right now i would say this is the indie rock band that you definitely want to be on top of uh so you can say when they make it big uh but you know it's trust me just come in and see what it's like it's it's worth it that's a good sell good sell yeah it's good sauce damn <laughs> uh okay so um say you've got you've got to put out you got to pump out quality content and you've got a deadline okay. of you know end of day which tfc player do you go to for guaranteed gold <laughs> And why is it Lawrence Simon or Chris Mavinga? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, Chris, I would say, has been our like our 2020 MVP for content, uh, <laughs> hands down. Ever since, um, ever since marketing day, I just remember uh, being at marketing day, and my my role that day was I was just doing some backup cam for all for one, doing behind the scenes, and. Only one player that day was pulling me over to film something, and that was Chris. <laughs> and uh, it was fresh off the Toronto Raptors win, so he was doing a Serge Ibaka impression. He was <laughs> he was communicating or he was engaging everyone else on the team. And if anyone has uh, is familiar with a marketing day, it is a long, early day that no one's really in the mood for uh, energy wise. So uh, to watch Chris, you know, like kick Subasa Endo while he's like lying on the pitch trying to just like get some rest is uh it's a fun time so um Chris has definitely been my MVP that way but it's you know it depends on the content that you want like what you look what are you looking for like if you're looking for like some like very quick entertainment I think Chris is great that way if you're looking for like some really good sound bikes you got like the Alex Bonos who just is he is on top of it whenever it comes to like if you ask a question you're just like let's hope we get like a quote like he'll give you a full paragraph of nice. like choice stuff uh quentin westberg you have um oh it just really depends jonathan osorio low-key mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh if you if, if definitely if you want um just like that good confidence a good like one-liner like osa will just pull one out out of nowhere mm -hmm. uh, any of the young guys have been fun jacob schaffelberg the sweetest person in the world yeah yep. you know yep. i'm i'm just staring out of my window and jimmy's coffee is just down the road over there <laughs> um, so you know mm -hmm. I, I think i think it I, I did really give you a great answer i think 2020 i'll give chris bavega the mvp so far mm -hmm. but that's also the blessing of this team. Like you have so much variety. It's such a fun group to be around. Yeah. Yeah. My follow-up question is when are you going to put something that can actually hurt them in the box so that they reach in and it's like stuff on fire <laughs> or, or like, uh, or like, you know, scorpions, ooh. right? I mean, you're, you're leaning towards that direction. So. Well, We'll we'll have to definitely come to you when when we're getting to our next marketing day just to like talk about what is like the save MP2. Oh my God, please. But, yeah. Oh, I don't want it. <laughs> but um yeah no that's that's a good question for uh eric and shane i think uh th they're behind a lot of the fun marketing day stuff that we do that you'll end up seeing throughout the season and uh yeah i i don't know like are there waivers that we need to sign in that sulfuric acid man but, we're, uh, we're, yeah we're, is that the move yeah, yeah i think yeah. that might no, be no, the you, move. yeah you got to go with the uh, gillette stadium field turf put that in there <laughs> 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 well, see, at that point, like that's where we can like ask if we want to get like some global spark, like yeah, 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 like some sponsoring on it, right? Yeah, I don't know if yeah. that's the best look of saying like your your turf is trash, but you, know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned Jacob Schaffelberg. I wanted to quickly bring up his uh, his mustache video, which is one of my favorite, I think, pieces of TSC content Do this season. Donate to his Movember. Already done. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah me too. Just just the way he's mugging for the camera, he's like. November. Uh, I I've watched that video probably too many times, but I did want to ask you what uh, what are some of your favorite pieces of uh, TFC content uh, you you 
guys have put together this season? Um, yeah, that's a varied question too. So I think the first one that came to mind that comes to mind is uh, our return to play piece. It's a serious one, but mm -hmm. it was just kind of our one where we were on that hiatus and there's just all these conversations that are going around of like, how do we let everyone know that we're back? And typically in like sports media, you will kind of aim to do something that's really hype and really big, but we kind of wanted to temper it down just given um, how it is and how it was definitely, especially during that time. So there's, you know, COVID that's going on. There was everything that was happening around George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter movement. And, uh, and we wanted to more reflect the voice of the team and less a kind of branding marketing, like soccer is back. Cause I think, there was just this level of like, there are things so much bigger than sports all the time that we really need to like call more attention to. And so we wanted to be honest with it. And I think I was just really proud of how everyone behind the scenes came together for it. And especially how the team really uh, got involved. Like it's very rare that we're doing a pre-production scripting and planning where we're talking to like Ali Curtis about it. And we're mm -hmm. asking about his input and, you know, how we can achieve the right voice that reflects how he feels and how the club feels. And to be able to do things like that, um, to do something kind of what we feel is like more important. Um, that was really good. Uh, on the fun side, uh, I got to shout out Greg Veerman, who's been, out there for uh, MLS's back, who's now there um, in Hartford. Uh, I think the All for One team is going to grow come playoffs, which is really uh, encouraging to hear. But Greg has just been, you know, like the team, just on the road all the time. When he's back in town, he's quarantined. He's just, and he is not uh, naturally a shooter, but he just kind of like stepped up huge this season and uh, telling us, like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to pull it off and absolutely nailing it. And if there's anything that reflects Greg perfectly, it is playing with the boys parts one and two. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, it's it's so amazing. Um, I never thought that all of our offhand jokes about 80s movies in group chats would somehow translate into actual content and we'd see like Top Gun level parodies and things like that. So, to be, to be uh, fair, if you've got four guys playing with their shirts off and you don't put that login song in, <laughs> you're, you're probably yeah. doing something wrong. Do you know what I mean? Right? I mean, yeah. it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, are we really that talented or this team just giving us like all that we, need <laughs> we just have to hit record? And I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, which you uh, mentioned off the top, uh, I, as a personal thing, I have to say Yacht Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. on, Yacht Rock. Um, I, uh, it's, it's the perfect culmination of how much uh, my relationship with Gareth Wheeler has developed over the course of like the last couple of seasons that we get to this point and he'll make an offhand joke about Yacht Rock and I'm like, no, we're going to run with this. <laughs> we're going to burn it into the ground as mm -hmm. hard as we can. Um, you can never then, the, the, that Doobie Brothers tune is the best tune ever written in the history of music. So it's, it's yeah. fantastic. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, and that's like a personal goal of mine. Uh, before I even knew I wanted to do this, I knew one day I wanted to do a parody of the Cool Rock compilation that I used to watch growing up all the time. Yeah, the scroll was perfect. The scroll, the <laughs> white you. scroll was I, perfect. I, I actually, perfect. if you look at my premiere project, you will see that the Cool Rock. Um, export is in there like i downloaded it and i was amazing of, frame course, by frame. of course yeah of course you know yeah, like yeah. attention to detail that's important you know that, mm -hmm. that's a lesson for the kids yeah yeah <laughs> i want to open it up to the viewers as to you know what are their shouts for the for the best pieces of content i know my friend yeah. george can't get enough 
of uh, Schaffelberg's Spanish lesson from from the I think that <laughs> was the MLS's back. And I I have yeah. a soft spot for the Mavanga bus because I thought that was amazing. And I also that, appreciated some behind the scenes for that. Well, story? the technical oh. skills you had a chase vehicle. It was crazy. Like there, it was exactly. it, yeah. It was that was some good production values. I dug that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, give us the insight. oh no yeah. So since you mentioned that piece, uh, that one was really fun just because it was. You don't think a piece like that is actually like days or weeks in the making, but you know, <laughs> we uh, we we finally like get Gallagher on the team, and then I think we caught a comment saying like, "Well, when will Chris drive him to the pitch?" And so we just sat on it, and like shout out Shane right there again. He's like, I'm going to talk to Tony. I'm going to talk to Chris. <laughs> I'm going to see if they're willing to drive together. <laughs> and that was it. And then at that point, while we're standing out there, we see there's a second cart there. I'm like, put me on the other cart. Yep. We're going to follow them along. This is going to be much bigger than it ever needs to be. <laughs> uh, it was well worth it. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was absolutely well worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no shouts in yet. And that's that's funny. Uh, we do have a question from from Gavin. And I don't sure, think Gavin. you know the answer to this. He's asking, <laughs> how do we get Toronto supporters when allowed back in to be in their seats for the kickoff? Kickoff of oh, what? Okay. Um, kickoff of what, Gav? Just a general kickoff? Like, are we watching uh, a for personal? a kickoff? Yeah, uh, for a, yeah, I'd say the for I think I say the first thing we all do is we wear our masks. Yeah. Um, I think we all uh, practice uh, social distancing and safety as much as possible. And like, let's nip this in the bud as much as we can. Mm -hmm. um, that responsibility is the first step. Obviously, there's just a larger thing beyond us in terms of like what we can do around, like what will happen with COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but I like I will say, um, no team wants to be on the road. <laughs> like, no team wants to not be playing at home. Um, and obviously, with something like Toronto FC and something like soccer, you know, I don't think any supporters want to be able to be watching it. Like, as fun as it is, maybe watching in a bar, like, they don't want mm -hmm. to be doing that. Like, we kind of got a hint of that last season when all of our playoff games were on the road, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, not be able to, you know, host MLS Cup. And I think... Uh, and, and any of the games, like I would say there was a really special feeling about taking those games on the road and take like to lift. I, I will say lifting a trophy in your opponent's home. Um, there is a certain level of savagery that feels really good about it, especially, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially like when you uh, are able to have like these supporter sections, the people who show out. So like that just feels really great. Like I think so my role during um all those matches was I was just trying to stay in the supporter section as much as possible and capture things going on over there. And mm -hmm. I think the big one that to be a part of, which was like insane, was the Quinton Westberg save, penalty save against Atlanta. And just the sequence of events to see a group just complete, get completely deflated mm -hmm. and completely out of the match and think like, okay, like everyone's just thinking about like, I guess I have to wake up from my plane ride back tomorrow. Just <laughs> planning this new trip home. To the save, to Nicola Benazay's goal, to just come back right into it and then take it, and then mm -hmm. just running onto the pitch afterward for all the celebration, like that's awesome. Yep. And um, but at the same time, I I don't think I would trade any of that to like celebrate at home because like DC United and that overtime was absolutely insane. Yep. So, yep. Um, absolutely. I mean, shout outs so to to Hartford. It you know mm -hmm. in, in an imperfect they've situation they've done a fantastic job. The brass bonanza is perfection. <laughs> it's perfection. Like <laughs> right. pulling that pulling that out 
and having that be uh, tagged to us for for that run of games is just fantastic. It's so that, that was um, one of those things. Uh, a shout out to our game ops team going into Hartford. They wanted to uh, really capture the feeling of being out there, at least like acknowledge it and to do that is honestly like in some ways I, like it feels like it's obvious but it's still such a stroke of genius because the first time when we heard it i think everyone got amped about it and I yeah. think that was so great will saying can we take the song home and my answer is no it's special it's <laughs> it's exclude it's a hartford song when we play in hartford we play there but not back home it's i mean we there. haven't even played gloria yet in at bmo field i'm just saying mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got Depeche Mode, and we've got Gloria, and we've got and we've got the legend. We got Legend TFC. Every everything's good. Um, yeah. Gavin wanted to correct himself, and he said, "I meant more in general, not COVID based." Uh, no, I've been, yeah, I've yeah. been to a lot of games with Gavin, and and as a as a European English guy, he has a problem with uh, with fans coming to the stands. You know, fifteen minutes after kickoff, but but that's an, that's a whole other episode, um, Gavin. I, I so. think none of us have urban planning degrees though that can fix a Toronto Transit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, right. yeah, I don't yeah. know something here, but yeah, a yeah. system of um, police. No, to seriously answer Gavin's question, there's just like a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes. Obviously, um, every Toronto sports team is trying to work with the government on figuring out ways to safely travel across the border. But it's of it's course. kind of like a situation where safety, I think, at this moment should come first absolutely um above everything else and you know we all are pain like just in pain not being able to see it live uh, and not being able to be there like i miss just being out there with the content team uh and just staying there i mean it's uh michael can attest to it like there's something well i think everyone can but there's something about when you're actually in those 90 minutes that everything mm -hmm. is just like free you know like you're working all the time to prepare for it and you're working on the post-game coverage but when they are playing like you're just free you're just free to what's happening on there and it's such a wonderful feeling so i think we all want that to come back but uh, i think it's just patience at this point yeah yeah all right i think i think we'll uh, let you go here jerome but i think uh, we're all in agreement that uh the, the entire TFC content social team's done a fantastic job this ridiculous the, ridiculous. the way you guys Thank have kind of brought everyone into and to feel close to the team when, you know, we can't be at the moment uh, has been incredible. So, uh, yeah, I think we all really appreciate the work you guys have done. Um, can I do then a quick shout out to at least most? If, if I can. Please so, do. Absolutely, um, yeah. We're going to do, so Greg Veerman again, Kylie Templeton, uh, Eric Giacometti, Thomas Larez, uh, Shane Wright, uh, Maria Papadakis, Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield, um, everyone on Footy Talk, like everyone at Homestand, all the coverage, you guys doing stuff, people on Raptors, Twitter, or not Raptors, oh God. Toronto the Orchestra, play, play them out, guys, play them hey, out. Start the movement, start the movement. Start the movement. <laughs> I want to see it is. Uh, Twitter, get it on yeah. this TFC bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, start the movement. TFC Twitter, just like everyone who's out there, TFC memes, just all, mm. all the stuff that is out there, um, that weirdly made us feel still connected wow. even though we have not been physically around each other is astounding like we try to do what we can to keep fans connected with us and seeing more things behind the scenes and seeing more of the personality but it's a two-way thing so um mutually like what you you all do out there to uh stay engaged with us um keeps us going just as much as us trying to like provide stuff Aww. to you 
Thank you. All right, Jerome. We're not we're not done yet, though. We're not done. Yet. <laughs> oh, we, we gotta, got more. Okay. We got okay, a couple. Maybe. No, we got a couple weeks to go. I meant. And oh yes, yes. Gotta yes, grind yes, out yes. that. Still more. No, no, you're <laughs> done. You're done. Yeah, yeah, you specifically. You're, you're gone. <laughs> 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 TMC's still going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Take care. Jerome. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, guys, before I forget, I, I got to do my first uh, retraction apology because last week, I don't know if it was because wow, of KJ's breaking. This is breaking. English. This is well, the first I, I time know. we're seeing this. Hold on. I don't know Hold if it's on. because of KJ's accent, but I said the MLS twice. And it drives oh. me crazy when people say the MLS. Like when someone says, I want to go to the. he still on the show? I know. I know. I, 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 immediately, immediately after I got off the air, somebody took me to task on Twitter and I was like, dude. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're right. I can't stand it either. So I'm going to have to apologize <laughs> next week um, because it does drive me crazy. And I don't know why I did it. And I don't know why I did it twice. But I did it twice. And I want to apologize for that. So there we go. <laughs> All is forgiven, Jeff. Mm -hmm. All is forgiven. Well, uh, Michael, I hope you don't mind. But I think we're going to table the injury update for this week. I think um, I think. We probably will have a better, more clear picture of it next week when you know we get another week off. So yeah, thanks we'll, for letting we'll me off the hook there. Yeah, what, what I will no say, what I will say is, let's. I'll give an update on Richie Laurier at least. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I want that update. So we all mm -hmm. saw what happened with Richie, and you know he was holding his groin. Um, obviously, it looked like Tony Gallagher was going to come into the match, and then miraculously out of nowhere, it's Richie Laurier with like a steel chair comes back in and holding his groin somehow manages to play an extra five minutes or so he you know he kicks the ball with his with the same groin actually sends it downfield um so after the game greg vanny told us that richie thinks he's okay or he thinks that richie's okay he thinks there was a tweak or strain or something but he does did mention that groins are better than hamstrings or calves so positive news is greg vanny does believe richie Luria will be able to you know make it back for that first playoff game uh, the bad news is Greg Vanny believes that Richard Larry will be able to make it back for that first playoff game. So we never know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we imagining that first playoff game. We now have a date on it. November 24th at 6 p.m. at Pratt and Whitney. Whitney was it, Stadium. Was it six? Wasn't it? Wasn't it in the middle of the afternoon or I don't know. I guess I you're right. Six. I guess 6 you're PM. right. Sorry, 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'll, I'll start watching at 2 p.m. and I'll tell you what. <laughs> but yeah, don't even let me tell you. We got a pregame show that day. Exactly. We got yeah, a yeah. pregame yeah, show so you that guys day. Can all, I'll look forward to that. But we know they'll they'll play either Nashville, Montreal, or New England. Um, we, we mentioned kind of the momentum going into the playoffs. And I, I think Toronto FC is probably one of those clubs that maybe won't mind that we get a couple of weeks off here to uh, sit through an international break while they, you know, lick their wounds, recover, get to get a bit more training and Good hopefully point. have some guys back and hopefully uh, get that system together um, come playoff times. What, what are you guys' thoughts on? Mitch, I mean, you, said, you said training and my heart dropped out of my body, <laughs> yeah. right? Like more training sessions. <laughs> training, is, training is the TFC killer, man. So... Uh, maybe less training and more, you know, binging, uh, uh, uh that, that show about they, the they are back home. So they are, you know, training a little bit less, but they will, they did say they're going to try to figure out a way to potentially, you know, train at home together. Uh, we'll see if that happens, but Hey, we did stumble over that finish line, but I think we can all agree. The major reason why it was due to injury 
Um, so as Mitch said, this international break could be a blessing in disguise to Toronto FC here as they do try and get some bodies healthy. You know, we did see Ozo go that 45. We saw Josie go 40 minutes, but perhaps, you know, in two weeks time, they can double those outcomes. Um, and perhaps their, their movement and their, their sharpness, everything will be a little bit better. So we'll see what I will say again, though, is or not again for the first time saying this is that TFC are playing a team in the play in round. So a team that plays four days earlier than they do. So mm-hmm. that team will sort of be a little bit sharper than you'd mm-hmm. expect Toronto FC to be. So that and KJ kind of mentioned that last yep. week, it could be a little bit of a disadvantage for the Reds there. Uh, we do know their opponents could be Nashville, new England, or of course the Montreal impact. So He'll keep an eye. It's not an easy fixture. It's not an easy fixture. Go ahead. Here, here's my take. Aside from the injuries, which is a physical issue, I think that a lot of what's going on with TFC is mental, and that mm-hmm. won't get decided unless they play competitive games. So, like two weeks, two years, whatever. The 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 oh, there is a part of this that will not be worked out unless there's success on the field of of competitive play. So. We're, we're just delaying the inevitable, right? The, the, we won't find out if TFC is going to bounce back until they bounce back or they don't. You know what I mean? I know that sounds totally obvious, but, but there's, there's some, some detail to that, I guess. If, if you're in that locker room, Jeff, what's your sort of mindset right now after you know losing three of your last four? And I'll even add to that, this team's also struggled to score immensely. They've scored more than one time once in their last nine games. They've scored three times in a match. They haven't done that in in over a month. The last time they did that was, I think, I want to say at the end of September. So, uh, I mean, I love that you're asking the guy that doesn't really know what a rondo is, what the what the temperature in the in the locker <laughs> no, room is. No, that, I'm that, not asking. I'm saying, what would your your mentality be? Uh, leave it all on the field in two and a half weeks, which is a which is a huge uh, time to wait to exhale. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all it's all gonna be out on the on the on the field of play on November. What day was it? And what time was it again? Twenty something at two o'clock in the afternoon. Whatever. The, six. There we go. Whatever the hell it was. But <laughs> but you know you're waiting for that. So everything else, all the training is towards that moment, and and that moment can't come quick enough. That that's what I'd be thinking. You know, and and certainly if I was to apply it to say, I know I've got a film screening in two weeks. Uh, you know, I would want it to happen in two minutes as opposed to two weeks, because the longer that I wait, the more the voices in my head start to uh, coagulate into into something that may necessarily, you know, take my eyes off the prize. Again, I'm no athlete, but I, that that's just my take. No, again, the reason why I sort of asked that was because there's there's two sides to Mitch's point. There is that the international break could be very good for TFC to kind of go through this mental battle and kind of sort of forget about everything. But on the same hand they're kind of eager to get back on the field and, and set things right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how do they get that mindset? You can't do that. The only way to do that is by playing and they're not going to be playing for another two and a half weeks. So Michael said it better, way better than what I, it, what I <laughs> no, you said, you said pretty much the same thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting position to be in, obviously not the position they want to be in, but it, they're not, we're not writing them off by any means in and nowhere close to that because this team has shown on its day that it can be the best team in the MLS. And they've also shown on the day they can be say it. Not so good. Not so good. I, they're not definitely they're still FC Cincinnati in this league. They're not the worst team in the MLS. Come on. <laughs> this would have Damn. been a good time to play the uh, Voyager's Cup final. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there is uh, no, I mean, at the end of the day, where well, now for Hamilton, it's probably a bad time to play the Voyager's Cup final. I don't know. It's right in between both teams' fixtures, but I don't That's think actually a good point. I, don't, I, I don't think a lot of quarantine regulations. That, and, yeah, yeah, that too. Obviously, but... their, their playoff push is priority. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good good thing that you brought up Forge because shout out Forge because they could actually qualify for the Concacaf Champions League before Toronto FC could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what they're doing is 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 pretty incredible. That's, That's a Canadian uh, Premier League side, so yeah, yeah, definitely shout out to those guys. Um, before we close off, Ivan here has a really good question. Actually, yeah, that is a good to. question. Yeah. So, who would you prefer to play in playoffs out of the three possible teams? Again, those teams are the Montreal Impact, New England Revolution, and Nashville. Uh, Mitch, we'll start with you there. Well, it's tough, tough to say Nashville because if I'm correct, Toronto FC's never played them. So <laughs> that, that's a tough one to, to know the matchup there. Um, they have what? A uh, draw and a win against New England and mostly have had the better of Montreal. I mean, it's got to be Montreal. I think if there's any game that can kick Toronto FC back into that strong mentality, it's got to be a game against the Montreal Impact. So um, if, if I'm Toronto, I'm hoping it's Montreal that comes out of it. And I'm hoping, you know, uh, a win against Montreal kickstarts a, a strong playoff campaign. Yeah, there's no, there's really no argument against the impact. I, I, I mean, I know it's a scary proposition, but it's a team we know. Uh, it's a team we know we can beat. Uh, you know, Nashville is pretty stingy at the back. And uh, New England is kind of a wild card. You know, who knows what. And if we're going to New England, then forget about New England. I'll take we're not. Yeah, yeah oh. I don't think we're going. We're, no, we're they'd be coming. They'd be no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. still, even still, how can you say no to, to the cold firm? You just can't. I would love to see that matchup personally from a Toronto's FC perspective. I don't, I'd rather them face New England or Nashville just because anything can happen in that Montreal game. <laughs> and I think mm -hmm. we know that better than, better than anybody's, you know, Montreal can grind something out, take it at penalties and you never know. Um, yeah. Or, you know, they can outright win it. You never know in that, in that, that fixture, but yeah. General I, consensus I is Montreal. Like, it's, yeah, as, uh, as other people are pointing out, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of people do want, do you want to see Montreal? We have seen them a couple times this year, but did they did they dominate Montreal by any sort of stretch? Aside, we from had that that one track meet that was back and forth, and then where yeah. Josie Alter was winner. Uh, I believe I so. Know the yeah. four three and uh, yeah, the four three, the four yeah. three in the MLS is back, and that yeah. again, Iowakanola kind of his hat trick, and that was. That, that game itself again that that's a perfect example how wide open was that game it's so yeah, back and forth yeah. it goes well, what did they three. beat us the one that they, they also beat us yes was, was one, it no. Los, yeah it was, was it one no yeah montreal they're not going to do that again so montreal let's and <laughs> obviously the the two one late winner for josie altador there so mm -hmm. again I, I still stand by what i said yeah we have we're two on one or two and one against them this year but anything can happen in that kind of fixture yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Before we wrap up here, do you want to rant? I'll, I'll give you the floor. Oh, you want me to rant? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, how how hilarious is it that the, the shield that they raised in, in Philly was the web manager's fiance's sister's boyfriend's uh, repurposed Captain America shield? I think that's delightful. Great story. People, people were, were, were suggesting that I'd get mad because it didn't arrive in Philly and, and they figured with the amount of, of vitriol that I had tossed at the, at the shield foundation in the, in recent memory, but I've, I've lived through American shipping companies in my other life and I know how terrible they are. So I really, really can't get mad at somebody for, for being screwed over by shipping companies. 
there is a possibility that they didn't pay enough. I mean, if anybody knows FedEx as well as I do, the only way to guarantee it, that it gets there is to not get the lowest thing on the run. You got to go like super luxe and deluxe and, and spend a ridiculous amount of money to ensure your package gets there. They probably didn't do that. Um, you know, if MLS had been in charge because of the economy of scale and because they probably had a FedEx account before the day before mailing out to Philly, it probably would have been there. Am I as mad about it? Not even close. Um, what I am mad about is that the uh, the board hasn't resigned yet. I mean, that should have happened the second they called they crawled back the, their decision. Um, in in any business situation, that is the causality. I mean, you you make a mistake that big, you lose your job. Uh, so the fact that they're being allowed to remain there fills me with a certain sense of impending dread. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I certainly can't be mad about the shield not being there, especially when we get a story as amazing as that. And he's not getting a shield back, by the way. Apparently it's going right to the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. So yeah, that, That's poetic justice right there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it wasn't really a rant because, uh, you know, it was just me talking, but I suppose... <laughs> It's more us learning about the ins and outs of uh, FedEx, but oh god, I, mean, I, I could do I could do Dave. Oh my god, <laughs> we'll we'll wrap it up there before we ruin any potential sponsorships. But um, uh, yeah, thanks again to Jerome for stopping by. That was oh my. that was an awesome, awesome. discussion. I, I really like these uh, these insights we get to some of the behind the scenes things like that on the show and and certainly this was no different uh thank you of course for everyone for interacting today lively discussion as always in the uh, comments section there uh kevin and sophia behind the scenes even though jeff still can't spell any of your names correctly (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, of course on behalf of uh, michael singh and jeffrey finesker my name is mitchell tierney till next tuesday playoff time folks cheers guys (laughs) 